How is your day going there? I'm good. Uh, right now, I'm uh, about to start a cooking live uh, demo with, uh, together with Bombay Brambles. So I'm excited about that. I'm in Los Angeles, and my son is on the beach, so I can't complain. Yes, that was the first thing I was going to ask you about, the Bursting with Berries cooking series. How long did you have to keep it a secret that you were going to be working on this great project for? Because, you know, sometimes there's info that's embargoed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's been uh, a lot of fun. And like my wife said today, after the demo, you better not come home without the bottle. So <laughs> clear instruction for the wife. But it's been fun, you know, because um, what's funny about this is that you know, we've been able to work with artists and young chefs and, you know, like really do some fun stuff in our community. And anytime we can do something like that, that's going to have impact and uh support one another i just i'm all for it yeah the bramble bottle is beautiful i must say gladly there's one about 15 feet behind me right here <laughs> uh, you know to your credit and to the bombay brand credit a lot of the times when you speak as somebody who interviews a lot of chefs and food professionals a lot of the time you interview the person you just find out that they're working with the brand for one day now yeah. in your case there's multiple cooking classes. I believe you're working with a bunch of artists in August. So I guess you have some faith in the Bombay brand there. Yeah, no, it's been great to partner and be, you know, really la launching the product together, but also the impact that we can have collectively. You know, this is, took a lot of inspiration from the Harlem Renaissance. The Harlem Renaissance is 100 years oh, yeah. anniversary this year. We're coming up on Juneteenth. And it was really with that as one of the pillars, like what can we do, um, you know, together. And uh, the recipes are fun, but also so are the recipes that uh, Joseph Johnson from Charcoal is going to do, Adrian Cheatham from Sunday Best, and of course my man Tristan from Red Rooster. So uh, having impact on young talent, emerging talent coming up is something that I always love. You know, obviously with the rice, Michael Cook would highlighted that. And then working with Diane and Say Adams, which are amazing artists connected to our community. So it's a lot of fun. It's going to be a good summer. Yeah. Well, I used to live at 126 in Lenox. I think you know that area pretty well. Um, <laughs> and when I was uh, living there was when Red Rooster was coming up and being this ultra cool place. And I remember one day reading page six in the New York Post and they said, spotted at the Red Rooster, the band U2 dining downstairs. I went, what? They were there downstairs. And that's when I realized this is one of those restaurants that is not only cool, but highly rated as well. When did you start to realize that Red Rooster is going to be just okay and long term and, you know, not going to go out of business next month? You know, I have to say that a year like last year when the world changed for all of us uh, was really when you realized your privilege more than ever, right? A restaurant like Red Rooster could have gone under, but the fact that we're now part of the Harlem fabric and the community. So all those work and all those events and all those, whether it was 
church programs or cooking classes for kids or whatever we've done in our community, the, this was really the time when we needed it. When I saw people coming to our patio in January saying, we're okay, we're eating, we're joining, we, we come to the restaurant on a Thursday or on a Monday night. That's really when, so for me, this is all about gratitude yeah. and all the work that we put in those early days that you talk about. Uh, sometimes you work and you don't really know, understand the purpose, but I think the community as such has really always been there for us. We were able to feed a lot of people during the pandemic together with yes. work in the kitchen. And I do think that that karma and energy, uh, it always comes back and, and it's been such a privilege to be part of it. That is something that I do want to ask you about in a little bit, but uh, a little more of a compliment about Red Rooster is that one of the things that I judge how great a restaurant on is how great the bread is. And the bread that came before the meal was so good that I was wondering if that was something that was consciously a lot of effort was put into or just a coincidence that the bread is good before the meal. You, okay, before we open, we have 30 different versions of cornbread. 30, and then, you know, I think we're now at version 42 or something like that. Uh, and, you know, like anything else, like this is an evolving thing, right? Like the two things that I know I focused a lot on was, you know, making sure, first of all, the four pillars of the restaurant, food, hospitality, of course, art and music. Uh, and in the food part, our fried chicken and our cornbread is kind of the pillars of what we built a lot on. So that had to be right. So I'm, I'm um, not a coincidence, a lot of effort with, with bakery and chefs that are just, we're just committed to it. So yes, I'm glad that you liked our cornbread. Well, tomorrow marks World Gin Day. And of course, working with Bombay, putting you on the spot here, is there an item or two on the Red Rooster menu that you would say pairs best with the Bramble 75 cocktail recipe that you put together? Yeah, I mean, I, th I really think that the shrimp salad, for example, because it has the acid from the watermelon and the tomato. And then, of course, we're putting some blackberries in the salad. So, you know, a cocktail is amazing just to sip, but it's also like great to eat with. So uh, uh, not super spicy, but a heated sort of grilled shrimp dish that has that burst of flavor. I think some of that arugula helps out. Uh, and watermelon, tomato, blackberries, for me, it feels very summery. Cool. Great answer there. It's almost like you, you know what you're doing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and do I have it correct that what you're doing with Bombay is, is paired into a cocktail courier kit? Because that doesn't happen every day that cocktail courier is willing to put together a kit like that. Yeah, you know, we've had some great people working on this. And, you know, pairing, I mean, Bramble itself, it's such a delicious sort of just with that fruitiness, but then just adding some citrus, adding some honey, as a simple syrup and then just topping it off with a little tonic or a little uh, prosecco, uh, you know, just make that perfect cocktail. It's easy, it's fun and delicious. Now bring it back to you and your success over here. Do I have it correct? There's 11 restaurants and seven cookbooks? There's, you know, after when we come back fully from uh, post the pandemic, there will be 11 restaurants. It's been rough. But, you know, we've been fortunate and uh, we've been able to make sure that our staff are working and that was the main focus for us. Okay, so there's those restaurants, there's those cookbooks, yeah. there's the Harlem Eat Up Festival. The, you know, there's other things as well. 
And the only person that I can think of who has more jobs than you is Questlove. Is that a fair <laughs> Maybe you, Questlove, and the filmmaker Mark Duplass from the Duplass Brothers. I can't think of anyone who has more jobs. Yeah. So, and I mean that in a good way because everything still has, everything you have your hands on it, it's clear that you worked on it. You didn't just sign off and go, yep, you do it. Yeah. So one thing that I'm curious about is productivity. Is there a team that helps this yeah, all get done? Are. are you a big delegator? No, well, I mean, MSG, we're very fortunate to, the Red Rooster family, it's our family. MSG is a whole team. And, you know, when you partner with people, great brands like Bombay, they come with just amazing, committed, hardworking people. So for us, it's about being selective in our partnerships and making sure that we can add value either culturally or, or expertise in terms of cooking and, and so on. And the only way we can kind of like make food and beverage be part of the democ democratization of that, it's by working with great teams. So we couldn't, do, I can't do anything alone. And uh, uh, I, I just feel privileged and excited to be able to move the needle a little bit, you know? Do you start your day off with a to-do list? Uh, I have it in my phone, trust me. But there's two to-do lists because I can come in with my to-do list and then my four and a half year old will flip that. So whatever you thought the day was, it's not gonna be that. So just, just he humbles me every day, every day. So it sounds like there's the to-do list and then there's the realistic, I'm yeah. happy if these things get done to-do list. So exactly. there's two sets of books. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And then at this point in your career, and I, I, I call it a career because it is a career, uh, how much of what you're doing is you seeking it out versus things coming to you and you going, yes, no, maybe? Like, in other words, at this point in your career, is it more people are coming to you and you have to weed things out? And I think, you know, food is very collaborative, you know, and I think that you know, building Red Rooster took me eight years. Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't, I didn't want to take on anything else that would sort of mud that view and it was like studying, you know? Uh, and then we built off that. So I think sometimes we have great collaborators come with products to us, things with us, project to us. And sometimes we're part of it a little bit, like, like Independent Restaurant Coalition. I was part in the beginning, but I didn't start it. So it was great to join my colleagues and friends and had a great impact. World Central Kitchen was something Jose started, but we were a perfect match for them, right? So I love to collaborate and we don't have to be the starters of everything, but like when it comes to restaurants and books, it's our ideas. And then sort of like great project comes around that. Parley Meetup was a total um, collaboration between us and her colleagues, but also why shouldn't Harlem have a great food festival? I'm like, no, it should have. So sometimes it's just asking more questions, but you've got to constantly be surrounded with great people. Without great people, you can't do anything. And I'm lucky in, in that case. Got it. You were so busy, which I'm going to reference for the 12th time, and a family man on top of that. But is there a second hobby or creative outlet outside of the food and beverage space that you have? Uh, I mean, you're talking to a failed soccer player, and I see myself very often. Really? Uh, soccer player. It's nothing. 
you know, I coach when I was a kid. So much what I learned from coach, I actually, you know, there's similarities with kitchen, right? Kitchen, there's a chef and it's teamwork. In soccer, there's a coach and teamwork. So even if I can't play because I don't have the time, I think about it a lot, especially now with the Euros coming up. Uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. If only my son wouldn't throw away the remote control. That's the one thing we haven't figured out. What's your position on the soccer field? Oh, uh, midfield, central midfield, running up and down. Wow. Uh, the success of the Red Rooster was around the time when the New York Red Bulls uh, came to the New Jersey area. Did you get to go to any Red Bulls games before life got too busy? I, I, I got to go to more NYCFC because it's just up the street from me. Ah. Uh, but one of my favorite moments was actually playing soccer with uh, Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry used to play the great Arsenal great, but he played at Red Bull. Yeah. And I had a chance one day to go and play with him, which I took him up on like this. It was this. I didn't even have to think. They didn't even finish the sentence. I'm like, yes, I'll do that. Wow, that is fantastic. I had no idea of that side of you. At what age did you realize that soccer wasn't happening? Around 16, same age as I bursted into the food scene and you know again there's a lot of familiarity it's a lot of teamwork it's a lot of uh, you got to collaborate and you got to be passionate you know wow well going back to what we were talking about with bombay it was kind of secretive for a little bit that hey you're going to be doing this and of course you want to hash out all the great ideas before it was announced and confirmed and all that how far in advance, you don't have to tell me what it is, but what's the furthest ahead project that you've got? For example, is there something happening in six years that's eventually on your calendar that you're working on right now? Well, I, I do know that you is going to get have the World Cup 2026. I'm excited about that. I'll tell you that. Wow. Okay. So that is really looking ahead right there. Yeah. So going back to the whole productivity thing, there's the, what you're going to do today, what you actually might get done. And then the, wow, six years from now kind of list. That's really incredible to me. Sure. Being a chef, you know, I think about Red Rooster in six years as well, because like, you know, building a restaurant like that takes four years at least. So then, you know, it's not that far off, thinking about location, thinking about what's next, you know what I mean? Because that is really legacy work to me. It's not, it's not just opening a restaurant. It's, it's, it's part of my life in a major, major, major way. Hmm. So looking ahead, there are goals to say the, the very least. You use the magic word, the L word, legacy. So it's incredible that you're able to think about that. But when it comes to recipes, something I'm curious about, where do your ideas primarily come from? Well, I think about, uh, you know, food. We can all experience the same thing. Sweet, salt, sour, bitter, umami, heat, salt, right? But we do it through different ways, through fragrance, through aesthetic, through texture. So that's like, I mean, the nine pillars that I always draw out. And then... Seasonality obviously is a major piece of this. And are you coastal? You know, I grew up on an island, so seafood mm -hmm. will always be there early for me. So it's like, where are you in the country? Where are you in the, in the, in the place? 
So those are kind of like, if I'm on the water and it's summertime, you know, doing as little as possible to the fish, comparing that with some great summer berries, for example, like so crude or striped bass or sea bass right now with some pickled blackberries would be a wonderful life crudo lunch, for example. Hence your cooking class series being called Bursting with Berries. Not a coincidence right there. I see what you did. So three quick questions, and then you are a free man. And I don't know if these are going to get 10-second answers or two-minute answers. So the first one is you're friends with a lot of musicians, or at least a lot of musicians come into your restaurants, and you're friendly with them, and you engage on social media. But do you have a favorite artist or two or three in the music world that you could tell me? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I would say Prince, for me, uh, just changed the, really, direction of music in such a major way. Uh, and uh, massive influence on my life, you know, from how to create created his art. And, um, you know, I don't know, it's the cold weather in Minneapolis and Sweden, but, like, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that inspire me about Prince. And... Actually, this wasn't intended to be the second question, but most people I know who have Swedish roots have a huge appreciation for heavy metal. It just seems yeah. like a, a, a normal thing. Is that your case? Do you have the heavy metal gene? Of course we grew up with uh, heavy metal. That's what you do, you know, whether it's Iron Maiden or, I mean, I wouldn't call Europe any heavy metal, but they have long hair and guitars. <laughs> but- uh, I love Europe. Joey Tempest, great. Yeah, Joey, of course. So, you know, I would say you always roots with the Swedes. I would say that. Awesome. Next question. Besides the many, many TV shows that we see you on regularly, do you have a recommendation for a TV show for someone who needs a new show to start watching? Well, I think it's uh, an amazing show that just launched uh, on Netflix, High on the Hog. Obviously, with Jessica Harris, the mate that she, from her book, High on the Hog, it's amazing. Uh, I think... You know, the food landscape in TV, it's going to be even bigger because now you have all the streamers and stuff. So it's really exciting stuff. You know, I've worked um, with Guy a lot on Restaurant Hustle, which really takes the viewer into how we went through the pandemic. So we're going to do a follow-up on that. And uh, we have a couple of other great shows in the works as well. And my last question, this can include as much self-promotion as you want. It's any last words for the kids? keep cooking and be passionate about it and start broadcasting your, your stuff early, you know, like whether it's you're broadcasting for your Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram friends, uh, you know, learn the basics, feed your fans, start cooking for your friends and family and, 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 and tell your story, you know? Sure. I can't thank you enough for your time. The many years of great work you're doing charitably and in the kitchen and beyond. So looking forward to whatever your next project is there, Chef Marcus. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hi, Amy. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you? Great. Are you great? I'm doing good. Am I getting you from Miami or Baltimore? Or where are you dialing in from? So I'm in Baltimore. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful Baltimore. Uh, before working with Ring of Honor, had you spent much time in Baltimore? Uh, so not really, no, <laughs> I, uh, it's actually funny, but if I would have told myself years ago, Hey, someday you're going to live in Baltimore, I would not believe it. <laughs>
Yeah, growing up as a kid, we did a few field trips to like the Baltimore Inner Harbor and Camden Yards, and that was all I really saw. But from what I see, it's really grown in the last 10 to 15 years, having world-class city kind of stuff. For sure. You know, it's not Miami, but uh, I've grown to like it. (laughs) Well, I mean, what is Miami comparatively? New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami. That's kind of every bit of culture. No disrespect to everyone else, though. But uh, Definitely not, yeah. (laughs) But we're here to talk about your success and all that. Is it correct online that you made your debut in the wrestling world in 2017? So definitely as far as in-ring work, uh, 2017 was when I had my first match. But I would say my professional debut in wrestling in general, 2015 is when I really started to get my feet wet. That's a lot accomplished. This is a compliment. There's no backhanded thing coming. That's a lot accomplished in six years. I mean, think of the old school. How many people took 10 years until they got one enhancement match on TV? (laughs) So six years in and you're already, hey, she's been on TV for years now. Does that blow your mind at all? Um, it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm a very determined person and I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, the minute I decided to pursue this as a career, I wasn't going to take no for an answer and I wasn't going to give up. So I'm not too surprised. Uh, I don't take no. So I just kept fighting. (laughs) Was there ever a plan B and it's okay if the answer is no. Um, so outside of wrestling before I started, you know, working with ring of honor, I was a really good salesperson, uh, probably one of the top in the nation for cellular providers, uh, worked with pretty much almost all of them. And I've always been just top of the top tier. So that was my, my real job at the time. And once wrestling started to pick up, uh, it was no looking back. <laughs> wow. And when did that happen? About three, four years ago? Uh, yeah, roughly. Uh-huh. That is fantastic. So you've been... With, I would say Ring of Honors had like four different eras in the last like four or five years, but we finally seen it grow and they took action and kind of led the industry when it came to COVID-19 safety and all that. So it's really inspiring to see how the company followed its own rules in a positive, wonderful way. I'm curious when you started to figure out, hey, Ring of Honor is not only here to stay, but let's listen to them. For sure. You know, I think the way they handled everything was top tier. It was really class. And uh, there was a lot of companies that weren't taking care of people. Unfortunately, they had to cut costs, which I understand at the same time. But Ring of Honor really went above and beyond to take care of us and to protect us. You know, there was a really long time where I didn't even get to be at tapings. I wasn't involved on the shows, but I was doing everything possible through social media, YouTube, TikTok, whatever I could, uh, just to create content for all the fans that were, you know, stuck at home. Yeah, and I was impressed with the first time I'd watched in a while on television, seeing how upgraded the production was, the the tall ceilings, or at least it looks that way in the studio. Are you allowed to say where that studio is, or is that still kind of a secret due to COVID protocol? Um, so I don't think people know where it is anyways, uh, but we do film in the Ring of Honor Dojo, which is somewhere I'm very familiar with. Uh, it's like home for us. And so uh, that's where we film a lot of our backstage interviews, stuff like that, uh, sit downs. Um, as far as the actual shows, that's, that's actually filmed in an arena. 
Well, oh yes, of, of course. You know, I, in New York over the last 10 to 15 years, I was used to seeing it at Hammerstein Ballroom, which, you know, sometimes it was playing to 3,000 people, sometimes it was in the smaller room. So Ring of Honor always knew how to play it up when it was really big, like the Madison Square Garden show, played up to intimacy. So credit to the company on that as well. And then you personally, what we see on screen, you've been lighting the world on fire, destroyed, Bill and Enterprise and all that. I assume that you're the kind of person that accomplished everything that you wanted to and then regularly have to set new goals all the time. For sure. You know, there's a lot of goals that I set out to achieve with Ring of Honor. I started from the bottom. Uh, speaking of Hammerstein, that was actually my first big pay-per-view with Ring of Honor. I wasn't under contract. I was just, you know, working my way up. I was living in Florida. And I said, all right, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to make that jump. I went to Final Battle 2017 at the Hammerstein Ballroom. And they were super shocked, but very impressed with my ability to just, all right, let's go. And from there, you know, I started ringing the bell and the rest was history. Right. Do you, you mentioned before being a very determined person. Are you the kind of person that has this long list of goals and big to-do lists in general? Or are you the kind of person that goes, mm, this is on brand and I'm going to do that? So I think... I always like to think of ahead of things. I always like to, you know, stay on, on top of it. I don't necessarily have a list. I just, uh, I know what I want. I know what I want to achieve. And sometimes the stars align. I think I'm a very lucky person on top of being a very hardworking person. Hmm. That's interesting that you see yourself as lucky. What, what, I'm curious about that because people have different definitions of what luck is. I've heard, I think Arsenio Hall once said, uh, luck is when talent meets opportunity. So then when you think about it, it's not really luck per se. Why do you think that you're lucky? I think I'm lucky because sometimes I'm just at the right place at the right time. And uh, sometimes some really big things happen for me that I wasn't necessarily planning or thinking like, okay, this is my idea. Uh, but they just kind of fall into place. And it works out. Like you said, you know, talent meets opportunity and those opportunities tend to gravitate towards me. So I'm super thankful. Cool. Well, three quick questions and then you're free. You're the, you're the kind of person that gives about 25 minutes information in about seven minutes. So that's, that's, why, <laughs> that's why we're rapping. <laughs> the, awesome. the first thing I want to know is outside of wrestling, is there a number one hobby or passion for you? Um, so outside of wrestling, and a lot of my fans know that I love video games. That's probably my favorite thing to do when I'm not doing anything wrestling related. So just a lot of video games, Pokemon, Final Fantasy, whatever it takes. And then that leads to my second question, which is, I haven't seen this. Have people pointed out the Amy Rose character from Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> They have. So I, I get that a lot, like all the time. <laughs> well, in, in general, when it comes to gaming, is that something you've been a long-term fan of or something that you picked up in recent years? Uh, no, that was something that I've always loved since I was a kid. I had an older brother growing up, so he was always playing video games and I just followed in his footsteps. Got it. Well, this last question, besides Ring of Honor, do you have a TV recommendation or two that you could pass along to somebody who needs a new show to start? 
Um, so it's not like a new show, but I would say 100% Game of Thrones was one of my favorites. We actually, I just rewatched it recently and I absolutely loved it just as much as the first time. So definitely Game of Thrones. And Ring of Honor, of course, is what we should be watching each week. Throw me your social media handles and the places we should be looking for you at. Yeah, for sure. Instagram, Twitter, you guys can follow me at RumbleBunny777. There you go. Amy, thank you for your time. Keep up the great work. And looking forward to seeing you live in New York when things are allowed to happen again. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Outro cast.